I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Those who have faith in me shall live, even though they die. And no one who lives and has faith in me shall ever die. We meet together to worship God and to give thanks and praise for the life of Norna Margaret Muir Derham. She has gone on before us into the world of God's eternal light. Well, we are glad for her that she now feels no suffering, no pain. We feel the sadness of the parting. We suffer the grief of the loss and come to seek comfort. Death always has an element of mystery. But whenever it comes, it is not simply an end, but always a beginning. We know this because Christ himself went down into the darkness of death and came back from it in full strength, like the sun. It is the Christian belief that we may follow Jesus through the door of death into a life of perfection and a life of peace, the life of God himself. And so, let us pray. Heavenly Father, You have not made us for darkness and death, but for life with you forever. Without you in death, we have nothing to hope for, 
with you, we have nothing to fear. Speak to us now your words of eternal life. Lift us from any anxiety or guilt, setting the glory of your love before us. Help us to believe that for those in the faith, death is the gateway to a fuller life, and that Norna is now safe in your keeping, free of the suffering of the earth, and that she may live with her resurrection body. Be to each one of us our refuge, our strength. Lift us all from the darkness of grief to the peace and to the light of your presence, trusting with all of our heart in your great promise. Until the day dawns and the morning stars sing together and the whole creation shouts your praise, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Wendy will now bring us the reading. The readings from Romans 8, verses 28 to 39. And these verses were read at the funerals of Norma's twin brothers, Joan, and her parents. We know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Will he not also give us all things with him? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Is it Christ Jesus who died? Yes, who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy, sight, for thy sake we are being killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still, still waters. His goodness restores my soul. And I will trust in you.
In our passage, the Apostle Paul asks a rhetorical question of the Romans. What can separate us from the love of Christ? And he gives us a list of things that they may be familiar with. Different causes of physical separation separation of family and of friends, of neighbours and, we might think, of church members. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, and we might add other topics into that that cause separation, armed revolution, moving to another country, getting older or more physically frail, and what about a global pandemic? Can these things which enter our lives and change the structure of our daily life that stop us from gathering in the way that we might want or traveling from further afield, can these things separate us from the love of Christ? No. No, they cannot. Nothing in all creation, nothing in all time, And all space can separate us from that love of the one who made all things in the beginning. 
The love of God is so vast beyond our understanding. And throughout the scriptures, we are told of this love. We are told of God caring for humanity as a shepherd cares for their sheep. That takes us on that journey to still waters and fresh green pastures. Even in the account of the fall, right at the beginning, when we first hear of sin, Adam and Eve's fig leaves are replaced by God with warmer fur. He seeks to wipe out life when he sees wickedness, but yet gives a lifeboat of love in the shape of Noah's ark. He calls forth a chosen family, that of Abraham. But he expects them to bear witness to the world of the love of God. Because God is love. Yet these people and us do not always listen. We're not always open. Humanity saw the law and the prophets speaking of love. And yet at times they turned away. But God doesn't give up on us. Because God has great love. He is waiting. God's love is waiting to wrap us in a warm embrace. Like a mother for a child. The true depth of that love is seen in the Christ, the promised one in the ancient scriptures. The Christ was seen to be Jesus, the Son of God. And this innocent one came into the world with a purpose to bring reconciliation, to offer forgiveness, to enable life in all its fullness. Not simply that hope of life that we might be thinking of today after our mortal life has ended, that eternal life, but life in all its fullness for each one of us while we have our physical being. Life and love to be known each day, whatever may befall us, the love surrounds and gives us hope. Norna knew of this love. She knew of this life in this world and the next. And she knew too that keeping it to herself was not what God intended. And so she used her ability to encourage, to organize, to inspire others that they too may grow in the life and love of the Christ. 
And I know that here in this fellowship, in this church, she is greatly missed because of all she did to encourage people to learn of that love and how she showed that love to others. Gathering them and leading them on the path of God. God works for the good of those who love him. He works for the good of each faithful believer, each believer like Norma. He redeems them through Christ's cross. And so we can trust in the love of God, which surrounded and filled Norna in her life and which will continue to bless and surround her in the eternity where she now dwells. For nothing separates her from the love of God in Christ. Amen. I invite Morag to come to share. It will not surprise you that our mother was very organised. The funeral order is as she planned. And amongst Mum's notes for today was a poem written over a hundred years ago by William Allingham. No funeral gloom, my dears, when I am gone. Corpse gazing, tears, black raiment, graveyard grimness. Think of me as withdrawn into the dimness. You're still, you mine. Remember all the best of our past moments and forget the rest. And so, to where I wait, come gently on. And so we come, as the poem invites, to remember the best of our past moments, to remember Norna, our mum, sister, aunt, grandmother, great-grandmother, friend. Keith has written this. Keith, I hope I read it well for you. Mum, a short story from New Zealand. Twelve years ago, in 2008, Mum came to visit us in New Zealand. Aged almost 80 years, with Dad, they undertook the 30-plus journey, our journey, from London to Auckland. Now, to most people, let alone octogenarians, this journey is particularly hard as you travel through the time zones, become exhausted and disorientated. I know, I have done it many times. I picked them up at Auckland Airport and we drove the two hours it takes to reach our home on the East Coast. Shortly after arriving home, my wife Jo called me over and said, have a look at your mother. She was playing cricket on the front lawn with her eight-year-old grandson Alfie. Mum was bowling and Alfie was batting. For me, this summed up the indomitable spirit that had seen her through many adventures in numerous different places, between the Great Rift Valley in Kenya, the exoticism of Zanzibar, and the tranquility of Sussex, ran the path of this life. 
Mum, we all miss you very much, and at the same time we'll never forget the great times we had together. The fondest of memories belong to me, Keith, Joe, Amber, Marnie, and Alfie. Harira, Ra, farewell, Mum. Norna, our mother. She was born in Nakuru, the daughter of Kenyan farmers who lived some 40 miles east of Lake Victoria, and it was there that she, her twin brother Struan, and sister Liz grew up. She was educated at Nakuru Primary School and later at Kenya High School, where she was head girl in her final year. While still in primary school, Mum wrote that she would like to train in Scotland to be a vet. Animals were always important to her, even to the point of taking her pet deer to boarding school. Back on the farm, she enjoyed working with the cattle, and she had two cows which were particularly fond, she was fond of. Life on the farm was not easy, and there were many challenges, pests, cattle disease, the fall in prices during the Depression, the impact of war and post-war austerity. Farming demanded resilience, innovation, and a lot of hard work. Norna did not get the opportunity to train as a vet, but she did go to Scotland, to Glasgow University, where her academic studies were augmented by tough practical experience. And in 1951, she graduated with a degree as an agriculturalist and returned to the farm in Kenya. Now, around that time, there was a new policeman who started to be very attentive in his support of the farm. And it was not long before Norna and Aubrey became engaged. They married on the 5th of July, 1952, and settled in Zanzibar, a tropical island off the coast of East Africa. And here, Dad was a senior police officer, later involved in police training. On one occasion, when heavily pregnant, she assisted her husband in the capture of ivory smugglers. The reward paid the hospital fees for my birth, and 19 months later, Keith was born. Dad's work involved a transfer to the neighboring island of Pemba, where we stayed for some time. And we later returned to Zanzibar. Mum helped ride a, run a guide company. She grew herbs for sale. She played a lot of tennis, and she played hockey for the Zanzibar police team and later for the Kenya uh, B team. I think the only woman, she was the only woman in the Zanzibar police team. The house was very busy in Zanzibar, often with guests staying, and there were her animals, chickens, ducks, a cat, a monkey, and a bush baby. Our time in Zanzibar came to an abrupt end with the revolution in January 1964. Dad left with the Sultan during the fighting, and Mum's house became a base for other families, and she and her mother left some days later, carrying what they could in a couple of cases. This was a difficult time for our parents, trying to work out what to do next. Dad went to Australia to see if he could get a job. He didn't settle, and so he came to England. In these times, Mum received a lot of support from her mother, her family, and friends and her faith deepened. We came to join Dad in England on the 16th of December, 1964. He'd rented a house in William Annan Lane in Linfield, 
And I recall that within the first couple of days here, someone from All Saints Church visited us. And then on Christmas Eve, when we had a family crisis, the vicar, John Sheldon, provided amazing support. And I think that's what really informed her involvement in the visiting scheme for people moving into this area. It wasn't long before our parents were house hunting. Someone told mum about a house in Greenways that was on the market, and she fell in love with it and persuaded dad to put in an offer. Kitani was her home, and she felt settled there after so much upheaval. As in Africa, it was a home with an open door, and many people came to stay, some for a couple of days, some for months, some even longer. Some were family, some were friends, and some were folk we'd never even met before. I think hospitality was one of her gifts. Mum and Dad joined the URC here and became involved in the life of the church. She led prayer meetings, became an elder, and led a pastoral group. She made lifelong friends here. For many years, she was involved in a monthly outreach to the homeless on the streets of London, providing hot drinks and food. And she supported the work of other charities for the homeless, including Crisis. She was a member of the WRVS, delivering Meals on Wheels here in Haywards Heath. And for many years, she played hockey and tennis. But it was her allotment that was a particular joy. She gave that up only a few years ago, having been awarded allotment of the year. Mum was pretty bionic. She was active, very involved, very independent. She was a strong woman, a strong personality. And it was the decline of her mobility and her increasing frailty that she found so frustrating. She supported Dad during the difficult years of his deteriorating health till his death four years ago. But then it was soon after that her own health deteriorated, with some bad falls in 2017 and serious infections in 2018, leading to hospitalisation, rehab, and then moving to Crossways Care Home. And that home became a family to her and to us. Norna, agriculturalist, mother, sister, aunt, Grandmother, great-grandmother, elder, friend, follower of Jesus, and lover of anything to do with sheep, which is why there's a sheep in the flowers. And some of you will know the story of the time that Keith and I went to a farmer's market in Haywards Heath and came back with the sheep. She was somewhat surprised, but she loved that lamb. The front cover of one of the good news magazines of this church features a pastoral scene with a flock of sheep. And the accompanying verse was chosen by my mum. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And inside that magazine, mum wrote this. In my life, I have worked with sheep and become familiar with their errant ways and the care they need to thrive and be understood by a good shepherd. Sheep are a constant reminder to me that we are very blessed in having a good shepherd who knows us, cares for us, and guides our lives. Sitting in my room in Crossways, I look out on a small roof garden, and among other creatures is my little flock of sheep. And in that little flock is one that has a solar pack on its back, which is powered in daylight 
and produces a range of colours, yellow, red, blue, green, at night when it's dark. And so, when the sun is shining, or it is pitch black at night, I'm reminded my shepherd and yours is beside me always in the ups and downs of life, happy times and sad times. What a blessing. And so, Mum Quaheri. The next hymn is Mum's favourite, How Great Thou Art.
eternal God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us Norma to live among us and to touch our lives with her loving presence. We now give her back to you, whose love for her is greater than ours can ever be. We commend her into your safekeeping, giving thanks for all your goodness to her, all she accomplished by your grace, and all that she was to those who loved her. We pray for those who are left behind. We think of Morag, of Keith, and of their families. And we ask that you will sustain all who knew her in the days to come, each with treasured memories of the past and radiant hopes for the future. And now, sure in the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ, and trusting in the grace and the compassion of God. We commit the mortal body of Norna Margaret Muir Derham to be cremated. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, putting our whole trust and confidence in the mercy of our Heavenly Father and in the victory of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Jesus who was died, who was buried, and who rose again and reigns forever. Amen.
God forgave my sin In Jesus' name I've been born again In Jesus' name And in Jesus' name I come to you To share His love As He told me to He said Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace.